I was trying to shoo off Auntie Uru and Uncle Ra. You okay to look up the marae by yourself? Auntie's favourite programme is about to start. Nothing on this earth gets in the way of Auntie and Shortland Street. Nothing. I better go before there's a road rage incident. Uncle isn't joking. I slowly make my way to the Farenui for the tenth time, as you do, saying goodbye to everything on the way. The walls, the farepaku, the rock holding the door open, everything. I get to the whare with a checklist in my mind. All the linen wrapped up in a nice neat pile, tick. Vacuum cleaner put away straight, tick. Auntie Uru was very meticulous about everything at the marae. If the vacuum was put away one degree off, you wouldn't hear the end of it. Back to my list. Lights off. Paihua. There's always a light that turns itself back on in the whare, just so the tipuna on the walls can get a last glimpse of their great-grandmoko. Well, that's what I tell myself anyway. I make a note for Auntie that the light is broken. Heading up to the interconnecting hallway to the farekai, I pass the lost and found pile of shoes. There's always a pair of gumboots, a beat-up pair of sneakers, and those ugly yet incredibly comfortable plastic clogs. I wonder why anyone would abandon their shoes. Glancing back, I recognise a pair of my own and slip them on. I do a final check of the kauta. The smell of auntie's lasagna still wafts through the farekai. It's a Weight Watchers nightmare. 99% fat. Smells delicious. Just about there. It's another routine lock up and go scenario, one that I've done many times before. Suddenly, out of nowhere, there's an almighty bang. Every door in the farekai slams shut. They slam so hard, I'm amazed they're still hanging on their hinges. Well, that's weird. I'm not phased. I'm a tough kid, fearless even. I've witnessed stranger stuff than that before. With that, I hear a contradicting voice in my head saying, time to leave. So, in a faster than normal pace, I head toward the back door. I grab the handle to turn it like normal, but it won't open. I'm thinking, perhaps the slam put it out of alignment? That's my DIY side trying to make logical sense of the situation. Okay, kapai, I'll go through the front door of the farekai. I've begun talking to myself, which is never a good sign. I'm thinking that going through the front door is a hoha. It means walking around the side of the farekai to the car park, which is an extra 30 metres away. I shoulder charge the front door, expecting my momentum to force it open. It doesn't budge. I'm becoming uneasy. Something isn't right. I start to push and pull at the door. It still doesn't budge. I freeze. Literally. Only my eyeballs are moving. There's a figure 
standing outside the wharekai on the grass. It's huge and scary as heck. It's like that shadow you see at the corner of your eye, but when you turn to look, it's gone. I blink furiously, hoping that's the case, but it doesn't go anywhere. Whatever it is, it's massive. My mind is going a million miles an hour and I'm unfairly comparing my six foot four ex-partner to this thing. It makes my ex look like a child. The thing is wearing a long, rust-coloured trench coat that doesn't move naturally in the breeze. Its hat is wide-brimmed and tilted down, concealing its face. My imagination starts to fill in the blanks and conjures up an image that looks like that demon from Jeepers Creepers. Whatever is under that hat isn't good. I know I should be running right now, but I'm the proverbial possum in the headlights. My feet are frozen. Also, none of the doors seem to be working. Just when I think it can't get any worse, it does. There's a sound, an awful sound, like fingernails on a chalkboard, but lower somehow, like a growl, the growl of a predator. What the heck is this? Now, I am freaking out. My mind flashes back to those old stories about the riddle riddle. Those stories kept us kids up all night. I'm stuttering as I'm scrambling to the other doors in the wharekai. Please, please, please open. I look back at the figure and I realise it's moved. It's circling the wharekai. I know what it's doing. I've watched Animal Planet. In my panic, I can't tell if the sound is coming from him or somewhere else. Although I'm in mortal danger, my mind is trying to think logically. I figure it's like a self-defense mechanism when the body senses danger. I consider the possibility that I'm going into shock. My phone! I pat myself down like I'm doing a strange dance. And of course, it's not on me. It's in my handbag. Crap, where the heck is my handbag? I've left it in the whare Looking around, I start to wonder if the thing has gone. I can't see it. I run so fast down the connecting hallway, I bounce off the wall. Suddenly, there's a huge bang against the side door. It's right freaking there! My heart is pumping out of my chest. He's just on the other side of the glass. Still no face, but I can make out a huge hand. It's human, kind of, but with muscles and veins poking out. Ugly long nails that look razor sharp. The growling sound is now deafening and the walls have begun to tremble. I scuttle through the Farenui doors with my back to the wall, keeping my eyes on the thing. Sorry, Tifuna. Normally I'd take my shoes off. My handbag is sitting underneath one of the popo. I tip my handbag upside down and shake it, emptying the contents onto the floor. 
I apologise to Auntie Uru and I think I'll explain the mess to her later. Hopefully. I grab my phone and notice there's only one bar. Typical. I ring Dad. Come on, Dad! I'm crying now. I don't even know when I started crying. There are windows inside the whare, but I, I can't see the thing in any of them. That awful sound is still there, but the figure has disappeared. Hey, Bob. What's up? Dad! The growl is so loud now that even over the phone, Dad can hear it. I babble pure panic at him. With fatherly insight, he only says one thing to me. Get out. Now! As I'm talking to Dad, I glance up and notice that there's something strange about the photos on the walls. They all look panicked. I'm not sure if that's how they've always looked, but right now, I don't care. Still not knowing how I'm going to solve the locked door issue, I run to the front door of the whare. Briefly touching my Nana's photo on the way, I hear the door of the whare click open. I pause and look up dreading that it's the thing about to enter the whare. But no, there's no one there. Thank you, Nana. I burst through the door of the whare. Then I remember. Crap! My truck is parked at the back. That's about 30 metres away. With the sense that I'm being pursued, I run like hell and don't look back. The sound is so loud, I feel like I'm in front of the speaker at a rock concert. It's deafening. My legs are pumping, my vision has narrowed onto the truck. Getting there feels like forever. I've got my keys ready and I push the button to see the lights flash. I scramble inside and lock the doors. The truck lurches, lifts right up off the ground and then slams back down. I try to put my key in the ignition but something hits the truck again and my head smashes into the roof. Everything feels fuzzy and my eyes go blurry. The next crash is bigger and they keep coming. I'm thanking my lucky stars that I have a truck. If I was in a car, it would be all over. I still can't see what's hitting me and the next hit almost flips the truck. I force myself to focus and feel around on the floor where I drop the keys. Thankfully, I find them. Jam them into the ignition and the truck roars to life. I'm out of there. I don't take my foot off the gas until I'm back in town. Back to the world of the living. I take a breath and look at my phone. 20 missed calls from Dad. I decide I'd better give him a call. All the bars are up. Typical. Paki ke hua, he mea tuku, nā te wānanga o Aotearoa, a nā te māngai pāho, Pakikehua, brought to you by Te Wānanga o Aotearoa, with funding from Te Māngai Pāho. <laughs>